DJ PK, we're joined once again by Ryan Abraham, publisher and owner of uscfootball.com. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Ryan, good morning. Good morning. It's uh, silly season in USC football land again. uh, (laughs) Didn't expect it this early, but here we are. You knew we were calling you. You just didn't know which day, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's, this has been a crazy 48 hours. There's, you know, covering the USC beat, there's been some really insane stories over, you know, over the years. There's just always something nutty going on. And everyone expected, you know, Clay Helton to be fired, especially after seeing the game Saturday night. I just didn't expect it to happen uh, this quickly. But, yeah, yeah, they pulled the trigger and uh, made the move on Monday, and we got to go to a practice with interim head coach Dante Williams yesterday and uh one one thing i put on twitter if you uh cover the usc beat you know how to spell the word interim very well because you can (laughs) use it quite often so you mentioned williams and i want a little information from about him from you he started with the seahawks now i'm not talking seattle nor am i talking redondo union high school i'm talking (laughs) harbor college my old beat in the 90s that's where he got his star he's a local guy but he's got a connection here he played his college ball idaho state that's basically up the freeway from us and so he has been around he's only i think 38 39 years of age uh why him yeah, so it's funny. He, he, you know, big Southern California guy, really tied into the high school scene down here. Like you said, you know, Harbor College and stuff. But he goes up to Oregon and gets like a couple times the Pac-12 Recruiter of the Year. It just does a great job up there. USC ends up luring him away when they switch over their defensive staff, and he got the associate head coaching title last year. He's just been USC needed a shot in the arm as far as recruiting goes, especially after that 2020 class. And he was it, and he's just been doing a tremendous job there. Relates with the players extremely well. He's recruited most of the, the roster, if not here. He recruited those kids when he was at Oregon. So I think they just felt that he had the, built those relationships with the players and would be a good guy to lead them through. I mean, it's 10 games. It's like a pretty good resume builder for someone that, you know, you're a cornerback's coach, not even like a full secondary coach. Uh, I think that's a great opportunity. We saw other people – take it and run with it when you get that interim job. I don't think he's going to end up being USC's head coach, but uh, it's certainly going to be something that he could put on his resume because the schedule's not that difficult. If they can go out and beat the teams that they should beat, I mean, he could go 8-2 and two or something like that, and that would, uh, that would be a nice feather in his cap. Well, that schedule includes both Utah and then BYU on Thanksgiving weekend in the regular season finale. Do you think they hold it together? Because there have been a couple seasons where they have had the interim coaches and they've been 1-2 and two when they played the Utes and won the game and finished 6-3. and There have also been a couple seasons, one with Lane Kiffin and one with Clay Helton, when, when they couldn't reach their goals, everything just unraveled. And yeah, I don't know, guys are just playing for the NFL or what, but Lane Kiffin had a 7-6, and six and Clay Helton had a 5-7, and seven, and is there a chance USC's looking at that? Yeah, I think everything's on the table. I mean, the, Mike Bone, the athletic director, said that they're not, like, um, just basically writing off this season. They really want to think that there's uh, you know some opportunities to just go out and win the Pac-12 again. And, uh, but, I mean, those are the key games. I mean, you got to beat BYU, who's got them a – a couple of years ago, obviously, Utah is a huge rival in the South, but they get them in the, the Coliseum. I mean, UCLA looks really good. you got to go on the road and play Notre Dame. So there's definitely some some tough games in there. And, you know, Stanford, I still don't think, is a very good team, and they just throttled USC. So I think it's just 
getting this team to play together. There was a lot of infighting and stuff going on. If he can galvanize the team, they should be okay. Uh, but it's a lot. I mean, he's going into practice the day before. You know, we're out there at practice today. Like, and I asked him, do you change the practice schedule much? He's like, not really. I mean, they just he just got the job. Uh, but, I, yeah, I think there's going to be some key games. Uh, you know, can Utah get their first win in the Coliseum? Uh, you know, could BYU do it? You know, let's pull another upset. So, those are the ones that people are going to be watching when he's uh, out there coaching. So we don't think that he's going to get the job, right? So the, obviously, there's been all sorts of speculation. We got the fickle connection with the AD James Franklin, who did, did marvelous work at Vanderbilt, and obviously has done very well at Penn State. Those guys came to mind right off the bat, and they've already spoken. They don't want distractions. Blah blah blah. My guy, who has no distractions, is Chris Peterson. I think they should just throw all the money in the world at him and see if he wants to come back. How about that? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think there's some a couple good options of guys that aren't working right now, like Chris Peterson and Bob Stoops, and they're both in Los Angeles for Fox, like at least part of the part of the week, uh, do it covering football. And it's funny, every name that comes up, there's definitely going to be reasons why someone will say he'll never do that or that'll never work and. One of them's going to, you know, so it's, it's curious to see, you know, will, will Luke Fickle, you know, leave his cocoon in, in Ohio where he's been his whole career? Is Chris Peterson, you know, done with the retirement stuff? He seems like he's pretty happy with what he's doing. Same thing with Stoops, um, you know, like a James Franklin, that's you know, his big time job there at, at Penn State. Uh, you know, Matt Campbell at, at Iowa State. There's a lot of interesting names. And when you're the athletic director at a place like USC, like your main job, your, I mean, Priority one, two, and three are hiring the head football coach. And the, the first step was getting an opening, and the fans were asking for that for the last few years. Now they have one, and now they're going to have to, you know, now they're on stage. Now it's all about them. Who are you going to hire? Uh, we're, we're not sure if he's going to use a search firm. He said he wasn't sure yet, but they have a lot of time, um, you know, to, to kind of figure this out. And you want to get it done as early as possible because of the early signing period, but they at least have a head start on anyone else that's out there uh, looking for a head coach. Public schools, we always see what their athletic budgets are and the coaches' salaries and all that. Private schools don't have the same issues with the Freedom of Information Act. What's the ballpark USC pays in? What's the ballpark they're willing to pay in? Because watching these SEC salaries, they're just going through the roof. It is going through the roof, and uh, it's crazy. I think my estimation of what Clay Hilton's buyout is, is it's probably between 12 and $15 million, so that's not cheap. Uh, either for them to just to get rid of Clay Helton um, with a couple of years left on his deal. My understanding is he, you know, as far as the tax returns go, I think his salary, Clay Helton's salary, was over five million dollars now. So I think you would at least start there. Uh, but I mean, yeah, does it go up to eight million? I mean, we've never seen something like that uh, out here. So it's uh, it could get a little crazy. They've shown that they've been willing to spend money, uh, you know, to try to. Get things, you know, the athletic department being a little bit more modern. Like before, there was kind of penny pinching around the department. I don't know if they've opened up the purse strings a little bit uh, at the athletic department, but it just seems like they're spending more. I mean, university's been dealing with a lot of scandals on their own. There's been a lot of money coming out. So, but I, I fully understand that it is important to get the football team right, and you can't do it uh, just hoping and, and having a, you know, a kind of a budget program. So that, that will be something interesting to see. We might not know all the details until the tax returns come out in a couple of years. But that's usually when you can find out for sure with the private schools. But, yeah, it's, that, that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to spend money if they want to play with the big boys. And if they don't, then you can kind of tell 
okay, they're not really serious about winning for this football program anymore. What's interesting is they're trying to recapture what they had. You know, programs try to do that, and it gets very difficult. You know, I can argue that uh, the Bruins basketball team is the ghost of John Wooden hasn't gone away. Arizona State, the ghost of Frank Cush hasn't gone away. UNLV basketball, the ghost of Jerry Tarkanian hasn't gone away. Now, there's been multiple ghosts at SC, and the latest being Pete Carroll. How long is that going to take, and will that ghost ever go away? And what I mean by can SC get back to what they had because they had it once, like those other schools did, but we're getting like starting to get a distance between that and now. Makes me wonder how realistic it is. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I think the, the, the fact that there's multiple ghosts is what you have to look at. It's a brand. You know, has, has Texas been all that successful in the last? you know, 10 years, 15 years, basically since USC was really successful, like, no, but they're still a huge brand because of the history of the fan base tradition and all that. And that's why the SEC would try to take them away. And that's why, it, you know, just them leaving the Big 12 would crush the conference. And I think it's the same thing with USC. You just need the right coach. It's a sleeping giant. If you get the a right, you know, good leadership in there, uh, it, you, you're just, it's a, blueprint for being successful and i think usc you almost have to try to screw usc football up and that's really what they've done with the athletic directors they've had before so the hope if you're a usc fan is that you know mike bone's the right guy they're going to go out and make a great hire and just give yourself a much more reasonable chance of success not basically before you were hiring someone and hoping that the tradition sort of like dragged them along like you want a coach that's going to be driving this bus not the USC brand driving the bus and you just hire someone like a Clay Helton that's that's along for the ride. You know, you don't want someone that's along for the ride. You want someone that's going to control things and take things over. And if they can do that, I think USC can get back on top. So if I offered you USC or the field in the Pac-12 South right now, which one would you take? I'm going field. Uh, you know, I like the way UCLA's playing. I, you know, I, I was a little shocked at the Utah-BYU game because BYU didn't look that great in the in the opener, but I still think Utah is a formidable opponent. And, you know, Arizona State's a wild card to me because, I mean, any minute, you know, Herm Edwards and I might not be there with all the stuff that's going on. But uh, they seem like they're, you know, you're getting through things. They have an easy early part of the schedule. USC's still really talented, but, you know, you've switched head coaches. I just think there's a lot that can go wrong, and they already have a Pac-12 loss. So I'll definitely take the field on that one. USC can win it for sure, but uh, at this point I'll go field. Their backup quarterback's a local kid, Dart. Uh, I'm assuming, I don't know this, you'd probably know more, that Slovis tries his hand in the NFL. I know they got another four- or five-star kid, was named Miller, and then uh, probably got some guys in the pipeline. How do you think that shakes out? Yeah, for uh, I like the way Jackson Dart's played well. He was named the backup quarterback. Uh, he competed with Miller Moss, who's more of a, a local kid. They got Devin Brown, a 2020 uh, two kid who's looked really good, throwing like, six or seven touchdowns a game where, you know, where Dart played uh, in high school. So there's, there's some interesting um, developments there, but I don't know as far as like, because they're picking a new head coach, is Graham Harrell going to be around Graham and uh, Keaton are tight. You know, I, I think Slovis would go, but if he doesn't have a great rest of the year, maybe he wants to stay. Uh, Dart's also pretty tight with Graham Harrell. So there, I think there's going to be a shakeup obviously with a new head coach and the way Graham Harrell's the offense hasn't really been performing that well. So I think before he would have been someone that you thought a new coach would want to keep. 
unless the offense turns things around, I mean, scoring 23 points a game is not going to, you know, not going to cut it in college football nowadays. And that's what they've been doing. So um, I think the quarterback room is going to be affected by who the coaches are because those, you know, those guys have pretty close ties. Well, Ryan, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you again as the Utah-USC game approaches. That should be a really good one. Yeah, I can't wait. And uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Ryan Abraham, you can read him at uscfootball.com. He's been on the show a lot, follows it closely. You would take the field over USC right now, wouldn't you? That's so early to say. I know. It's Sports Talk Radio. We're built on sand. We'll have a new opinion in two weeks. I thought he hit on it. First off, there's you got multiple chances if you take the field, and USC already has a loss. Well, that's big. They've already had a loss, yeah. Right. But at the same time, you easily can win it with one loss. All you got to do is... You may well yeah. be able to win it with somebody's two. Somebody's going to have to go undefeated. Right. You may well be able to win it with two. Seven and two has won this division yeah, one, before. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 I they love lost this to a northern it. team, so it's not like they lost a tiebreaker there. Right. I always enjoy... Well, you know, the goal is to win all our games, and then you lose one. Well, it doesn't affect us in conference, and then you lose the first one. Well, we still, you know, all we got to do, they're going to lose a game. You know, you just start checking off goals. The go tide's down, down, coming down. in. The tide's uh, coming in. You just drop back and build a new sandcastle. Every coach does that every year, and Kyle did it Saturday night. Oh, this doesn't affect any of our goals. You know, our goals still go to the Rose Bowl. Okay, well, what happens when you get – three losses or two losses, uh, you know, it gets more difficult. Or when you get eliminated, then it becomes bowl eligible. And yep. and you hope your program doesn't get down to bowl it's eligible. deep in November and you're striving for bowl eligibility. Now, if you're Arizona, you hope that. You hope you have a shot. Obviously, they're in a different situation right now. Three or four years, they probably won't be. But they all, all coaches do that, and they check off their goals uh, that way. And when they lose the first game, if it's a non-conference game, and even a conference game, that wasn't devastating by any stretch. It's just that, uh, you know, if they would have – I wonder if Helton would have got fired if the Cardinal didn't look like garbage against Kansas State and the loss against Stanford was closer. But you combine, wait a second, they got like 34 to 7 or something was the score? 24 to 24 7. 24 to yeah. 7. And they obviously were not effective against Kansas State. And then they turn around and just blow you out. That was, the sh- that was a double shocker. You know? And if Stanford had been 2 0 and ranked 10, might have played differently. But that's only going to play one way in LA. They got. They got totally humbled by K State, and then just came in and dominated. Right, so you. I know. So they're part of the reason he gets fired is because Stanford looked crappy against Kansas State. Doesn't really make any sense. If they looked better, if they had won the game the other way, if they had won twenty four to seven, it it, it wasn't doesn't about, really affect it wasn't SC. About, it wasn't about the one game they wanted him out, and that was well, the excuse. No, and that the but reason, that right excuse. <laughs> everything was there, but it happened the way it happened. So it was the in a sense it was the one game, the one game was going to come. But what what, what game was it going to be? What does it yeah. mean? Because we were talking about going. I, I think I might have said to uh, Yach sitting next to me down at the press box stadium that this is the coach is getting fired game. Didn't I say that to you? Yes, you did. Yeah, 
I remember that. Right. Because Shaw looked like, okay, they, they've not been trending well. It was like the dead man walking. Yeah, and because he, he was sitting right next to me in the press box, and he had it on his it's iPad like, there. It's like an elimination game for coaches. Yeah. Whoever lost it wasn't going to be able to explain all this stuff away. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was going to be essentially the next day. Yeah, I felt like Shaw would be able to get away with it a little easier than Helton would have, but it still was something you can't explain readily. Right, and sure enough, it happened there. But I don't know... The point being that it's long-lasting that these who the tro- this is who the Trojans are this season. I'm not willing to just trash them just yet. They lost. They sucked. No doubt about it. But at the same time, what does that mean for the rest of the season? I can't say. I can guess, and I can say, sure, I'm going to take the field. No doubt about it. But who is the field? The other five teams in the South. Okay, but, that, but four, the only one of them is going to win it. Right. So who's going to win it? Don't tell me the field. I don't. I always thought that was a dumb thing. When there's only in golf, the field. Okay, but you can't predict who's going to win golf from so week to the field. Week. Right. But the <laughs> yeah. field is enormous. Right. Here, the field is four teams. Yep. I don't want to know that any of those four teams are going to win. I want to know who you think is going to win of those four teams. If you don't think it's SC, and obviously it's not Arizona because they need time to reload. DJ PK. Don't give me the field. DJ PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.